The first time I saw it, I got goosebumps. It was perfect for me. I felt like we could go anywhere together. <sighs> There's nothing like finding your match on Cars.com. With over 50,000 cars added daily and a powerful advanced search, you're sure to discover the one. Cars.com. It's Click or tap to find your perfect match on cars.com today. A car shopping experience meets an out-of-body experience. With 50,000 cars added daily and unbelievably smart matchmaking, the new cars.com. It's magical. And good morning. This is Forging the Falcons. I'm your host, Scott Kennedy, with my co-host, Nick Kendall. We are coming to you coast to coast I am in just north of Atlanta, Georgia, in uh, in Johns Creek, formerly Valfaretta. And Nick is all the way over in Seattle, who has generously gotten up at a really early time to join us today. Man, th- this is a dude that is ready to talk football literally 24-7. Uh, literally, I think I do it in my sleep, too. So I think the wife can attest to that. No, it's uh, this is prepping me for hiking season out here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, some I'm a crazy person. I like to be the first person on the trailhead when all, when at all possible. Don't have don't want to deal with parking. Don't want to deal with having to fight people both directions sometimes. So I'll be at the trailhead before the sun's up. So this is uh, an hour, hour and a half, two hours later than I'll be getting up here and some of the weekends coming up. So it's all good. And actually, the sun is starting to come up here. It gets the days are getting really long uh, out here in Seattle. Yeah. When uh, when I've traveled to Seattle and, um, you know, you try and go to bed and it feels like it's about midnight your time. And the mm-hmm. sun's still shining through the windows. Yep. I'm like, what is going on? It's uh, it's it's a little strange. The strange thing for you would probably be here in Atlanta. We are on the very edge of the East Coast Central Time Zone, and depending on how the time changes, I still haven't figured out which way it is. But it can get dark at like 4:30. Yeah. <laughs> Where especially when I was in set, I was on uh, when I was in college at Auburn, it was right on Central. So in the winter, it was dark at 4:30. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was, you know, only a few miles west. So, uh, this is sleeping in for you. So I don't feel so bad. I don't feel so bad. Yeah. Well, we got a lot we want to get to. First off, I want to say say hello to a couple folks in the chat. Big Al coming in, saying good morning. Nothing better today than starting listening to Scott and Nick. Appreciate it, Big Al. Glad you joined us. And Falling Sloth is back. Welcome, welcome. Appreciate you being here today. Any questions? Uh, we'll get them going. The Facebook folks should start ramping up in here pretty soon. That page, I think it's around 10,000 now. So mm. give it a share and give it uh, likes because Facebook likes to kind of s- restrict its access. So the more you like and share, the more folks we can bring in um, and and keep the the, the conversation going. A um, couple things I wanted to get into today. A couple personnel moves, Nick, of some guys I know you're familiar with, uh, either from college and or from AFC West. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons signed a new inside linebacker, uh, Nick Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski. I looked it up, and it, it says put the put the uh, put the emphasis on the cow. So cow is in pow. Kwiatkowski, uh, about two hundred forty-five pounds. Brit- Again, this is following a similar mo that I've seen. This is a third different linebacker that's come in through free agency or the draft. For the Falcons, after Foyer left at about 220 pounds, each one of these guys is over 240 pounds. Rashawn Evans, Troy Anderson, and now Nick Kwiatkowski. Uh, what can you tell us about him, and does he have a chance of being a contributor for the Falcons this year? Uh, he's been a borderline starter for the past few years. Uh, signed a really good contract, actually, uh, two, three free agencies ago with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, then the Oakland Raiders, I guess. And a reason that did a little bit of work on him is because all the Vic Fangio connections. Uh, he was linebacker under Vic Fangio and uh, the guy who I believe came in and started when Roquan Smith was dealing with an injury and played pretty well, good enough to get himself a look and get himself a contract with the Raiders. So been a fine player. I mean, obviously, if he's still available, his star has fallen a tad, uh, but still Which, a that can be said for most linebackers, except yeah. for, you know, a couple of the guys like foyer who signs a huge contract with, uh, yeah. with the Jaguars. But other Crazy. than that, it feels like uh linebackers can be had on the cheap. Yeah. The, I mean, big fast and can cover and tackle is still will always play in the NFL. Uh, that's just, those kind of guys are exceedingly rare. I know we kind of gave, uh, in Broncos country, gave George Payton a hard time talking about trying to find it's harder to find a franchise cornerback than it is a franchise quarterback. Maybe a little bit out of context there, but you get the gist. That mm-hmm. goes true for linebacker as well. I mean, how many actual franchise linebackers are there right now? 
uh, Fred Warner, Darius Leonard, Micah Parsons. I wouldn't even say Devin White, really, given his struggles in coverage. I mean, so uh, it's it's tough out there, but also it's not a it's not the most impactful position in the world. You can get by with okay players. So uh, this is Nick Quiet Quietskowski. Don't think <laughs> I nailed it. Quiet. I actually I looked it up on uh, on his pro reference page, and it, it's so messed up that it actually has, or so different from you know like Kennedy, yeah. um, <laughs> that it actually has a pronunciation guide there, and it's Quietkowski. Quietkowski. And uh, yeah, I believe he also played at uh, West Virginia for college as well. I remember that's where I feel like I watched him and uh, played in that that's interesting three-three-five right. defense that they run there and uh, out, out there in Morgantown. So he's been a solid linebacker. I think he's definitely got a chance to start. And I think he is, uh, like you mentioned here, Falcons are starting to get a little bit bigger, heavier in the pants mm-hmm. at the linebacker position. And this to me says you, in order to play less linebackers, you need a little bit more weight and length at the linebacker position. So that's what it says to me. Yeah. And um, you mentioned uh, he played with the, the, the Raiders. He was a draft pick of the Chicago bears. Obviously, if you've been following the Falcons off season moves for the last 18 months, it seems everybody has come from the bears. I don't remember his name, but they've got an assistant general manager in the, in the, in the front office now that came from the bears. And it seems like everybody has a Chicago bears connection. Mark Turner coming in. On YouTube, welcome, Mark. And he says, worried about the O-line. Yes, as you should be. There have not been significant upgrades um, along arguably the worst offensive line in the NFL. That is scary. Um, We're banking on Jalen Mayfield making a big step up at left guard or someone else pushing him. Can Drew Dahlman be that guy? Will he come in and push at center? He was a fourth-round draft pick last year, and uh, I I think Mayfield was top of the third uh last year um and then Caleb McGarry at right tackle is still a problem so they brought in a couple guys that can provide some competition mm-hmm. but there's nobody there that screams oh yeah this has been fixed or at least on paper where you go this position's been fixed so what we're going to do Mark and and everybody come in we're going to go through the schedule because the last time we were here was Wednesday and the schedule was released last Thursday with some very creative uh creative different ways that the, the teams handled the schedule release, but we haven't seen y'all in time to talk about the schedule. Now, before we get into the schedule, Nick, um, I want to, I want to talk a couple of things. One, I want to preface all of this because I went through uh, the USA today guy, the, the wire crew, the Falcons wire crew, and they, they did it. They did a season prediction. It was, uh, it was ambitious. Let me say so. Let me. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that too a little bit. I'm not going to put these guys down. They're probably just young. That's all. Um, but um, they. Uh, we'll go through this, and I want to preface this by saying that the Falcons fell to 31 on the ESPN Power Rankings. So they're 31st out of 32 teams. There's not much place, not much farther to fall. I think Houston was probably 32. Um, so when we go through this, and I think Vegas had the Falcons favored in two of the 17 games of that were, were on there. So um, we'll go through the schedule and, and talk a little bit, and we'll, we'll hit them pretty quickly. Uh, but before we hit that real quick, and good morning, James. He says, good morning, Nick and Scott. We're my Facebook folks. I know you're here watching, so come on in and say hey. Um, hit the, and uh, yeah, just come on in and, and say hello. Facebook, I think, has been a little squirrely lately. They, 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 uh, they like to take your money to build your page and then, you know, don't act. And then say, Oh, we want more money to actually reach them. And EJ coming in said, good morning, Nick and Scott. Let's talk some football uh, real quick. Before we get into that, uh, PFF came up with a good list of the top 25 players under 25 years old. And they literally meant under 25, not 25 and under, but under 25 at the beginning of the season. Um, the Falcons were one of five teams that had, two players on the list. Um, and then there were three, there were two teams that had three players, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers each had three players. Probably shouldn't be real hard for you to figure out who the top, the two players that were on the list, Nick. Yep. No, uh, Terrell and uh, Pitts. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty simple. Terrell was actually top 10. Um, wow. Which again, I was like, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm like, how far are we going to have to get down before we find AJ Terrell? We didn't have to go very far. And uh, I thought that was probably about right. Uh, Pitts was a little bit farther down. I think for the most part, especially the, it was PFF doing this, they had uh, AJ Terrell in the top two or three corners all season long. 
and um, I think he's 23 years old, might turn 24 this year, but a, a building block of a franchise. And, and Kyle Pitts is still 21. So you're hoping that you can get another young receiver um, as building blocks with Drake London, who was also a younger guy. Like I said, in the day of holdbacks and double holdbacks, um, Calvin Ridley graduated at 20 years old. He started his freshman season. He turned 21 his freshman season in Alabama. Uh, Kyle Pitts was 20 years old when he started his first game as an Atlanta Falcon and turned 21 his first year as a pro. That matters, you know, when you start seeing these type of things. That matters. Especially for a position where a lot of players uh, fall off at about age 30. Um, So you have essentially a whole extra contract window for -hmm. a player like that, which does matter. I mean, Calvin Ridley was good when he played. Obviously, solid player, but uh, yeah, no, this Kyle Pitts built different. <laughs> one of the longest wingspans, one of the longest wingspans ever recorded uh, in combine history for a pass catcher, I think, too. So uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do year two. Hopefully, Mariota doesn't hamstring him too much. Uh, but I guess you had Matt Ryan last year, who's a arguably better quarterback and still kind of hamstrung because of the uh, offensive line issues. So I don't think it's a bit. I, I know. The Atlanta Falcons fans and, you know, when you've been in one spot for all the time, Tommy Tuberville once said at Auburn, he goes, you lose 10% of your support every year. Hmm. And when your team starts going down, that probably accelerates faster when you're the quarterback. Um, Matt Ryan is by far the most successful quarterback the Atlanta Falcons have ever had. And they've had some pretty good quarterbacks for, for as bad as the Falcons have been in a franchise. They've had decent quarterback play through the years. Hmm. Matt Ryan is a significant upgrade over Marcus Mariota. I don't think that's a, that's not a bold statement. Uh, otherwise, the Colts would have gone after Marcus Mariota because yeah, they could have. <laughs> follow the value. Yep, 100%. Uh, but yeah, good morning to Luke also. Thank you so much, Luke. We appreciate you. Can't tell what his picture is. Actually, it looks like there's like a little blue Pokemon thing in the front there. I, I don't know. Luke, either way. Good to see yeah, you. It looks like a couple stuffed animals, but last time yeah. I said that, it was like, hey, that's my wife, dude. I'm like, oh, sorry. It's hard to tell. <laughs> It's hard to tell. They're literally thumbnails. The pictures that we yeah. look at on screen are the size of my my pinky nail. And this is on a giant screen. So they are sometimes a little tough to see. James is a, a little bit easier to see. That Cessna coming in. So hopefully the Falcons will be uh, competitive in most games, at least in most games. Um, and I think they will be. They were last year. You know, that was yeah. kind of their MO was to, to, to grind the game down. But I want to get into um, get into the schedule. And I said, let me preface this by saying... Um, they were 31st on the ESPN Power Rankings. Uh, Pro Football Focus just did a tier of quarterbacks, of, of starting quarterbacks, and um, they put Marcus Mariota in the last tier of tier E. Let's not get our hopes up. Um, he's in there with, um, let's see, he's in there with Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky, and Sam Darnold. Of These are not starting, you know, regular starting caliber quarterbacks. Uh, though they did give Marcus Mariota a little bit more love. Uh, so Mariota remains a consistent starting option, but has not played more than 1,000 snaps in a season since 2017. Trubisky and Darnold are not viable starting options. Those are the players that we're, we're talking about. Now, Nick, you wanted to talk about efficiency at one point. So there's a metric out there that basically says how many games based on your play should you have won or mm-hmm. were realistic that you did win. So um, the Falcons were seven and ten last year, but they were seven and two and one in. I always want to say one run, one or games, and that there's a lot of variance in there. So yeah. those one bounce here or there can go either way, and it could flip to two and seven. And if they were two and seven and one score games last year, they would have been two and fifteen. So their expected wins last year was what? I know you know this because uh, this is the kind of thing that you dig. Yeah, um, the Falcons last year were 28th in the league in uh, the statistic. It's called Pythagorean wins. They use uh, the point differential in one one score games uh, to determine that. And what did the Falcons finish with? Seven wins. Seven. They were seven and ten. Seven. Uh, the Pythagorean wins had them expected at 4.7 wins, which was uh, bottom five in the league last year. Only only to be outdone by the Giants, the Texans, the Jets, and the Jags. So uh, yeah, no, that's a Pythagorean wins. Typically, are a pretty good. Uh, indicator uh, of the year prior you know people say oh we did this well last year we're going to be that much better this year we improved the roster you might improve the roster but football can be a real rude son of a gun and uh 
variance can flip it the other way. It's one reason I am lower on the Raiders. Raiders last year, what they win, like 10 games? Their Pythagorean wins was 6.8. That's a team that was crazy uh, point differential. So They overachieved, uh, which can usually mean one of a couple. you got a couple bounces. You got some luck with injuries. Good coaching. Uh, your coaches made better decisions. All good things. Don't get me wrong. Special but teams. as far as getting better, did the Falcons get better this offseason? Hamstrung by the cap. I love their draft. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, aside from, again, I wasn't a huge proponent of taking a wide receiver at eight. I would have rather have gotten a, uh, I, I would have gone Kyle Hamilton eight. So we'll see how yeah. that plays out. I will not change my mind. If Kyle Hamilton busts and, and Drake London ends up a multi-time pro bowler, you, I will eat it. I will take it. I don't yeah. mind. I'm in the business of, of making predictions. When you make predictions, you're going to be wrong. Um, but did the roster actually get better this year? Quarterback a lot of downgrade. Um, yeah, you can make all the argument. You can do all the mental gymnastics in the world that you want to, that Marcus Mariota is a better fit. He's more mobile, blah, blah, blah. Matt Ryan was a four-time pro bowler who carried the team the last four years to not being God awful. Yeah. Um, he's a good NFL quarterback. Marcus Mariota is not. Um, maybe he can, Arthur Smith can Ryan Tannehill, but uh, right now R Ryan Tannehill him, but right now that's a downgrade. Hundred percent, and that's I mean that's pretty much all I need to say, <laughs> right? It's the quarterback one is the big difference there. So uh, maybe the scheme fit will change things a, uh, a tad. Maybe the running back room will be better. You know, hat, I guess shout out to Mike Davis for having a good <laughs> year there in Atlanta, but you had a little bit more juice there in that room now. But overall, I would say the roster is fractionally slightly worse, and the big difference is going from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota. After that, I mean, can the the defensive pass rush can't be worse? That's the other one, right? Co yeah. Rush and cover. That's got to be slightly better. So maybe it's I, I close that, to the I same. I think that will but... be actually significantly better, to be honest, yeah, uh, be. on def the defensive side of the ball, because the pass rush will get better by default. It literally couldn't get worse. It couldn't. It could yeah. not. Statistically impossibly could not get worse than it was last year. Yeah, You're bringing in two guys that can come in hot off the edge. And the biggest, the one true upgrade that I'm absolutely positive about is Casey Hayward at yep. corner is a significant upgrade over Fabian, uh, Fabian Monroe. That one's done and dusted significant yep. upgrade, uh, where you lost a little bit. You lost, are you going to be better at, at inside linebacker replacing the NFL's leading tackler? That's a stretch. You know, foyer was pretty good. Uh, they got year. a big contract for a reason. Yep. Are, are you going to be better at receiver? Yeah. Russell Gage got a nice contract from the Buccaneers, but the combination of Drake London, Braylon Edwards, uh, Geronimo Allison, who just was signed, the, those guys should, they're all big dudes. Mm -hmm. They should help you be better at the wide receiver position. The problem is, uh, going back is, is you know, the offensive line hasn't, there's no improvement there. And the offensive line was awful last year. Just horrendous. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a scare. That's a, that's a big scare. Yeah, and you would hope that the draft picks you took last year would have some improvement. I mean, Matt Hennessy entering year three, that's typically a big uh, jumping off point for the center position. Uh, and you have uh, Dahlman and uh, Mayfield, who should be better year two than year one as well as options. Lindstrom's as solid as it gets, probably one of the most underrated players in all of football. If you're asking me, the guard position doesn't get much love, but he's very good. And uh, Matthews is steady Eddie. So uh, I think the offensive line... I. It might be just slightly better just due to upgrades. And obviously you're one injury away from it completely going into the tank, but uh, should be slightly better. And the other one here is Mariota's athleticism. Mobility should help that line a tad as well. And uh make you fumble says the team better, better, especially next year, because we will have money and, and, and that's, we'll, it's time to start going through the schedule and we'll come up with a record. Here's the, the cliff notes. I think the team bottoms out this year, 2022 rock bottom. And then they start to rebound. The fact that they were able to cut Matt Ryan's salary, get Julio Jones's numbers off the books are $60 million right there. Uh, the, the open cap space is going to be over $100 million. You'll have another high round pick. Kyle Pitts, hopefully Drake London hits. Some of these other lower round picks start doing what you were hoping they were going to do. Because right now, and that's, that's a concern for me, Nick, is last year's Falcons draft class is Kyle Pitts and meh. Richie Grant needs to step up. Uh, Jalen Mayfield needs to step up or else the overall, this class is not good. And that's concerning when you don't have any free agency money. 
So yeah. hopefully uh, those guys take a big step in year two, but those are all hopes and dreams. Those aren't realities. But yes, they set this team up nicely for 2023. So let's get into it, Nick. Let's get into uh, 2022 here. Let me uh, let me bring up the Falcons' schedule, and uh, we'll start off. We'll get going here. And and um, again, I don't know uh, Dean Worley and Matt Urban, but I I, I feel like they were um, very ambitious with their predictions here. So uh, they're at, at USA Today, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in their predictions too. Give them a little shout out, and uh, and then tabulate them. And I'll do this uh, the same way like we did. Um, well, it'll be easy to count the wins because I'm not gonna have very many. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, just to get into it real quick, we have yeah. the um, year to year. Uh, I think it is Warren Sharp does a lot of data analytics for football, and uh, the number one thing that projects. Uh, strength of schedule and a lot of teams will look at what the record was last year to kind of our fans will look at that to kind of understand what the strength of schedule is but what is far more predictive is uh what vegas says a team will be this season so mm-hmm. vegas you know that wasn't built on t- t- going broke uh vegas was built on the the back of your money that you lost there um while betting away your you know friday paycheck and vegas right now has the falcons with tied for the worst win total next season in all of football with the Houston Texans at four and a half in a 17 game schedule. No team is worse. Falcons are tied for dead last. Uh, the other teams that are kind of close, but not there. So Falcons at four and a half. You had the, uh, uh, gosh, we just said the Texans at four and a half. The Seahawks are at five and a half. The Jets are at five and a half. Uh, the Panthers are at five and a half. And uh, that's it. So there, there seems to be your competition. Uh, even Jacksonville's at six and a half. Woof. So, uh, not expecting big things by the people who make a lot of money uh, to predict these things. So, so, and sorry, Terry, it's not personal. Um, and honestly, well, we don't have to say sorry. I'm not, cause we're not yeah. sure what he means yet. That's what I wanted to ask. Terry ocean boy, Martin comes in and appreciate the care react on Facebook. Terry, yeah. Terry says no way rock bottom. So um, what would you have considered rock bottom for the Falcons? As far as record goes two years ago, 29 or uh, 2020, the what was it four and four and twelve? This this change of seventeen games has just totally messed me up. Four, four, and, four and twelve record. Would you consider that rock bottom? Um, seven and ten. I think seven and ten is a pipe dream personally yeah. uh, for this year. So I think if you're looking on it on a line chart, it goes back down this year, yep. and it shouldn't go down any farther than it should start ascending again. So that's what I call rock bottom. Um, but are you thinking? You know, are you thinking that they should have more than seven wins? And we'll we'll go through that here. Um, but the Falcons open up with the New Orleans Saints, the Hudats, right off the right off the gate uh, in Atlanta, and uh, you know they split last year with the Saints, and the uh, Saints are changing a lot of familiar faces, but no Sean Payton, who uh, who engineered the most dominant two bad historically bad franchises. Sean Payton engineered a significant winning period for uh, the Saints over the Falcons, and he's gone. Yeah. Uh, heck of a coach. We'll see if he's a future Dallas Cowboy coach. A lot of uh, talk there, but this one will be in Atlanta. The Saints are a team that is definitely in a weird position. They're, are they going to go above 500? The NFC South, the weakness of the NFC South probably will help them a tad. But James Winston was playing pretty well last year before he got injured. But the thing that stands out for me about the Saints offensive line and the defense in general, um, I think I am a giant <laughs> Cam Jordan fan. He's uh, one of the better uh, players in football at his position that, is it Cam? Yeah, Cam Jordan. I always get Cam Jordan and Jordan Cameron mixed up. He was a tight end for the Dolphins for a number of years. Uh, but uh, Cam Jordan coming out of Cal. Uh, they also have a really good secondary. Marshawn Lattimore is probably one of the top three cornerbacks in football. They can get after the pass, uh, the passer as well. I mean, they blanked Tom Brady last year, right? They, they went to Tampa Bay and shut them out. So this is still a really good defense in New Orleans. How good would the offense be? We'll find out. Uh, but I think this is a game that the Saints will probably win. And I think Vegas already has... Uh, the line projections out for the first two weeks of the year. And I think the saints were about six point favorites in Atlanta. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm picking the saints here that for all the reasons you just said, the saints personnel is better. They're better in the trenches. Um, they're, they're quarterback, you know, for what, whatever we happen to say about Jameis Winston, I did an article last year, Jameis Winston um, had a better, has a better career. And this is in Tampa, not even at new Orleans has a, has a better career, uh, quarterback rating against the Falcons than like Tom Brady and 
Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes do for their career. So he plays like those guys when he plays mm -hmm. against the Falcons. So uh, Saints, Saints for me. Um, the the two USA Today guys both predicted wins. So um, moving on, the next week at Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this one shouldn't take long. Super Bowl champs on the road, loss. Yep. Yeah, Rams are a good and team. I think you mentioned Vegas. I think of all of the, the Vegas spreads, this is the biggest spread in football right now. Ooh, even bigger than at Tampa Bay. I think it's the biggest spread in football was, was Falcons at Rams. It was like 13 and a half. Okay, they probably don't have the Tampa Bay game out yet as well. And I was mistaken. Last year at the end, it was six points uh, for the Saints. The last time they played, it was it's three and a half for this week one matchup. So I just want to make sure I'm factually correct. Uh, the, the schedule makers didn't do the Falcons much favor because then they travel to Seattle. So back-to-back -back West Coast trips, that's a lot of time in an airplane. Yeah. Um, well, they probably just stay over there, right? them going to Seattle and getting that win. Uh, the real question here, Scott, is uh, are you making the trick? No. <laughs> no. All right, fine, fine. No, I don't, do go, down, live show, I don't guys. go down to Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the game. I, I, I watch all the games, but... I like to be able to watch multiple games. And if you mm. commit to going to a, a football game, you're committing your day. So between right. my kids and all their sports and the fact that I'm watching multiple games through the day, I don't, I don't go to games. Um, I quit doing that a long, long time ago when I could sit down on my big screen TV that I can get a big screen TV every week for the cost of the games. And I can watch five or six games. I don't go to one. I, I need to see too much of it. Scott's just letting me down really easy here. He doesn't want to say hello in Seattle, but uh, that's fair. Um, this is a game that actually I think the Falcons have a good chance to win. If it was at Atlanta, I'd give it to them. But uh, with this matchup, uh, man, I, I don't know. I have a hard time with this one. Um, I, I'll give it to the Falcons. Okay. That, I'm going, I'm, I'm not keeping track. So you keep track uh, okay. of your wins. Um, I, the road game, back-to-back -back road games are licking their chops after getting their tails handed to them by the Rams. It's an 0-3 start. Yep. It's an 0-3 start for me. If this was at home, I'd pick. If this was at home, I would pick the uh I would pick the Falcons. But I think the the West Coast trip to Seattle uh is the difference for me. And Todd says the Falcons have been in a rebuild for the last four years. They haven't, though. That's the problem. Is uh Dimitrov thought he was gonna make one last chance and you know put all that big money, front loaded all those contracts to uh to uh, you know the the players and just killed the team with a salary cap. Um, and uh, Jeremy says, uh, "Good morning. I'm in for the long forge." Yeah, me too. Me too. Buenos dias. All good. Hey, Dave. Um, Terry comes in. This is a long one. So this year's team is already an upgrade from last year's roster. They're doing an amazing job uh, bringing in talent and and uh, value in coaching. These guys are rebuilding, retooling. These things take two or three years. Yes, they do, no doubt. But they're getting things up to win now and they're going to shock a lot of people this season uh no way they're picking top 10 in the nfl draft hey i love your enthusiasm i do i i love your uh i love your enthusiasm i think my evaluation of this roster where it stands right now isn't uh isn't as rosy as yours i think this is a i think they got a a really bad roster with eight legit nfl players on it plus nfl players on it and I thought they did an absolutely fantastic job to win seven games last year. Yeah. Uh, but we'll go through it a little bit. I'm at uh, I'm at uh, oh, three. Liquor with Lenore says ATL on the house. Well, good morning, good morning, L LWL. Um, so I'm zero and three. Browns week four at home. I mean, is this going to be Deshaun Watson? Or is it going to be Baker Mayfield? Because that really could make a difference here. I mean, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter for you. Browns yeah. Are better. The Browns are better in the trenches. They, I watch them bully teams all over the place. They're stronger in the trenches, better running game. Um, they underachieved last year to go at eight and nine. Yep. Um, so the only way that this matters is if this team has imploded because they couldn't get rid of Baker Mayfield and they're a four, five and twelve team next season. Yeah. Uh, but they should be competing for the playoffs again. And, and the Browns are going to come in and make Atlanta zero and four. And let's put Marcus Mariota watch here just for his health, because uh, Miles Garrett probably lining up a lot over uh, Caleb McGarry. Oh no, <laughs> uh, man, Miles Garrett is unbelievable. I mean, that's a game changer right there. You know, forget all, all these matchups, whatever. You just say Miles Garrett on Caleb McGarry. Okay, well this one's over. You know, there's a couple of strip sacks. You know, a shutout, and and Mariota running for his life. 
You know, do you protect Desmond Ritter at this point? But the Browns are a better team. Um, Again, they're probably middle of the pack in power rankings, and they're probably favored by two, two and a half by Vegas right now going in. So I'm at 0-4. 1-3, and baby. Next week at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, this one's this one's will be bad. Yeah, let's uh, not a lot of analysis here. Tampa no. Bay brought everybody back. They're probably I would say they're right now my bet for the Super Bowl um, this upcoming season, just because the path of least resistance in the NFC and the NFC South as well. And uh, Tom Brady, right? The Tom Brady effect. Is he going to retire? W- wins the Super Bowl every other year? Um, <laughs> probably going to be a big this one will be ugly. Uh, I'm at 0 and 5. Uh, San Francisco 49ers come to Atlanta. Week six, the 49ers uh, were a whisker away from the soup. They went to the Super Bowl last year. No, they uh, they lost. The Rams won. So, Rams won. Okay, yeah. I was yeah. like, but they were they were tight. That was a close game. They were a whisker away from the Super Bowl last year. Um, they haven't gotten worse. And uh, they're coming to Atlanta. Loss. I'll disagree a tad. They, I think they have gotten worse specifically on the offensive line. Um, I think Mac is coming off a significant injury. They lost Lake and Tomlinson. They lost Tom Compton. Mike McGlinchey's had an injury as well. I'm, I'm actually pretty concerned about that Falcon or the 49ers offensive line on the okay. whole uh, this season. Also, you have the whole Debo Samuel turmoil. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, which sounds like the locker room wants him to play, but they traded up to go get Trey Lance. So this is a team that I'm really interested in to see what happens with the 49ers. So a little bit this like year. the Browns. They've got yes. the potential to be a playoff team or they've got the, the potential to just completely implode. Yeah. And I also think they overachieved last season. They weren't better than on paper. They weren't better than the Cowboys. They beat them. Matchups make fights. They weren't better than the Buccaneers. They, I don't think they were better than the. Uh, the Rams or the Packers, either, even though they beat the matchups, makes fight. I understand. Um, but Ooh, they uh, were better then and they throttled the, the, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. They so, throttled them. And the yeah. pass rush is going to be a problem again against yeah. a weak offensive line and Caleb McGarry at right tackle. It's a problem. Yeah. Nick Bosa. Um, they beat Eric the Armstead. hell out of the Atlanta Falcons last year. Um, yeah, this is a good team. So, so uh, weeks, I'm 0 and 6. I'm, I'm 1 and 5. All right. At Cincinnati Bengals. Another team. No. <laughs> yeah, God. no. This, this team almost won the Super Bowl last year. You're going on the road, eight hours up I-75 to Cincinnati. You know, you're, you're not winning there. I'm sorry. I mean, it's the NFL. Never say completely no, but uh, it, things can happen. And also things happening with Mark coming in with $20. I know, you know, it's going to perk up my spirits talking about this. And I feel, I, I honestly, I feel bad, but there is... Even my jaded, cynical, lifelong Atlanta sports fan self. I don't feel like these are unrealistic. Is there a game here where they've been favored? You know, they're yeah. they're this isn't just being, oh, you don't know, you're a, a downer. This is again, they've they've got predicted by Vegas to have the worst record in the NFL. Yep. So no, and, and and Dean Worley has back to back wins over the 49ers. Um, and uh, at Cincinnati. So, and, and Mark makes me feel better. Makes me feel better buying some coffee. So, thank you, Mark, uh, with the with the big orange super. Thank um, you so much, Mark. Big help to the show, man. Thank you so much. He says good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Yeah, this is a it's a tough schedule. Getting paired with the uh, NFC West is definitely no favor, and the AFC North. I mean, the only way it would be worse is if it was the AFC West. So, uh, luckily, you have two matchups against the Panthers coming up here. Um, but Cincinnati, we talked about it last night on building the Broncos. Um, they're one of the four teams that received an A grade for their offseason. This is a team that maybe overachieved somewhat last year. Um, they did beat the Chiefs twice, but I don't think on overall, if over like if they played 100 games uh, against you know an average opponent, the Chiefs. But would they be were better. a 10 and 7 team, and they got better. They're strong yeah. in the trenches, yeah. very good um, on offense across the board, except their weakness goes against the Falcons' weakness. So their yeah. offensive line and pass protection will won't be a problem. What will yeah. be a problem is trying to match up with all those skill players that they have for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, again, I said Casey Hayward's good. Um, AJ Terrell is very good, but you still don't have any answers at safety. Uh, unless yeah. Richie Grant steps up and makes a quantum leap, you're looking at journeyman at best level play at safety. Your defensive backs, Isaiah Oliver, hopefully he comes back and plays really well, and you're okay at the corner position. Yeah. But... No pass rush. Your defensive line is still eh, Grady Jarrett and God help us. Um, it's just when you're bad in the trenches, it's hard to beat anybody. Yep. Unless your quarterback's a God, but even then, 
Um, so now we're on to the next week here, week eight with with the Carolina Panthers at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'm going to give them a W. I think this is a Falcons win. We got it, baby. And this is one where this is me being super cynical um, about it, but uh, you are going to be competing with the Panthers for a quarterback this draft cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, every single win that you have against them, maybe long-term can be considered loss. And I know divisional rival, blah, blah, blah. But if that's the difference between picking the third quarterback off the board and the first quarterback, uh, that, that can change your uh, team projection trajectory for the next 15 years. So obviously at this point, we're talking about, it's better to have the win. We got to win. Yay. But uh, Panthers are going to be competing for you up top there. And that makes me, that would make me a little nervous. I'm hoping I, I like Arthur Smith. I do. And um, I'm thinking he gets at least three years. And because this is going to be when you when you trade away your quarterback, you're saying, OK, it's not on the coach anymore. This is a this year is a culture. It's a, it's a mulligan. It's a mulligan yeah. season. Um, Don't lose the locker room. Liquor with Lenore says we have a tough schedule at the most. I see another seven win season. Uh, it all depends on how these rookies play and if they can become starters. Having a multitude of rookies as starters is a bad recipe in the NFL for wins. It's that's not a this is how we're going to win games, but however, it is this is how we can build for the future. Um, Adenogy, Tycon Graham, they were starters last year on defense, they weren't very good. Uh, Ogan Deji, uh, I'm getting all my guys confused. They're all, um, they're they're all, uh, they were starters, they weren't good starters. You don't want them starting. Um, so, you know, Drake London's going to be a an upgrade over Russell oh, Gage. Yeah. I do believe that. Russell Gage was a good pro, but he's a good three. Mm-hmm. Uh, at worst, Drake London should be a two, a, a top two guy uh, as, a, as a wide receiver, as a rookie. They're better. Doesn't mean they're good. That doesn't mean they're plus NFL starters. Um, let's see here. So uh, I'm at one and seven through week nine. Then we get the Chargers week nine. Uh, LA Chargers coming to, they, have got, they get a long way to travel. But they will also be uh, – are also people talking about Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, the Chargers are really good on paper. We'll see how it plays out. I am a, a big believer that Justin mm-hmm. Herbert is a ascending, transcend, transcending quarterback. Uh, good morning to Keith Robbins as well coming in. Cute picture of the little tyke there. Mm-hmm. Uh, congrats to you as well. And uh, Alberto coming in as well saying, uh, good morning, fellas. Good morning to you, Alberto. Hope you're having a good Wednesday. Happy hump day. Um, but the, I'm definitely taking the Chargers on this one. Their, their defense last year, especially their defensive line outside of Joey Bosa was atrocious. And they went out there and attacked it hard. Khalil Mack, Austin Johnson, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. That should help them significantly uh, this season. They also went out and got J.C. Jackson, a number one cornerback for them. So uh, this is a this is a very good Chargers team. Also, you weren't as high on the pick, but Zion Johnson further solidifies the offensive line, which is a team that's coming off of. You thought the Falcons offensive line was bad last year. The Chargers offensive line in 2020, the year that Justin Herbert broke all the passing rookie passing records, was f- the worst I've ever seen. It was <laughs> I can't even explain how bad it was. Um, so this is a team that's really good on paper. I'm a I think the Chargers are very dangerous and they should go in and handle the Falcons. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm Chargers. They're a better team, flat yeah. out. Uh one and nine. Now we go to ten at Carolina, <clears throat> week ten. I'm going to go Carolina in this one. I think you guys are going to split. This is I am is too. Car- I think you split with the Panthers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, again, we talked about it earlier. That might sting on the surface, but would you rather, you know, take your medicine? We talked about it you know, when we first started this show. This Falcons team, not a lot of good young talents. Uh, they're kind of going the wrong direction. Maybe you need to take a step back to take three steps forward and losing to the Panthers here and uh, having a bad season, probably better for you long term. Week 11, Chicago Bears. This is a tough one. Um, this is one that I would say is a coin flip game. I'm going to give it to the Falcons here. I am too, just because I think they can probably split these games with the Panthers and Bears. Yep. Um, home game, uh, Bears at home. The Bears personnel moves have been questionable at best. It's like you yeah. draft your quarterback, you trade up to get him, and then you're not giving him any help. Um, so I'm going to go with the, the Falcons on that one. So I got two and nine after week 11. Uh, week 12 at Washington. I think Washington's defense is going to be too much. Uh, overall, they still have a very, very, very talented uh, front and seven. And Carson Wentz is not, while we disparage Carson Wentz, I don't think he's going to be worse than Taylor Heineke. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with the commanders here in this game. Uh, if it was on, if it was at Atlanta, I might be a little bit more leaning towards the Falcons, but on the road, 
going to go with the Commanders. And they blew this one against the Commanders last year. This is one of those games. It's like, oh, they totally blew this game. I'm like, y'all don't under, you really don't understand how bad this Falcons team is to even be in this. Game. Yeah, they lost one. They also won seven games that they may not shoulda, coulda, woulda. Uh, but this is one they kind of threw away last year. Um, at Washington, I'm going with the. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll go with the commies on this one as well. Steelers. The Steelers at home, week 13. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a team. Pittsburgh always beats the hell out of the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. Still a good team. Mike Tomlin's still there. Uh, Pittsburgh might not make the playoffs this year again because their quarterback position is questionable in a conference and, that and is I'll just... tell you what, it'll feel like a home game for the Steelers. Um, yep. Lots of Midwest transplants. Not that Pittsburgh's. I still always kind of think of that steel belt, a whole area is Midwest. I was born in Akron, yeah. and uh, Pittsburgh's just two hours right. that way. So I still kind of consider that all once you get into Philly, it's something else, but lots of transplants from that area. It will feel like a home game for the, uh, it'll feel like a home game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, week four record by week 14. They needed this. Good Lord. They needed this by week, week 14. We go to week 15 at new Orleans saints. Falcons I mean, won here last year. Good morning, Christos. Yeah, I am going to go with the Saints here as well. <laughs> Me too. Yep. Uh, it was yeah. a little bit fluky um, that they got that win because then the, then New Orleans came in when they needed it and just trounced the Falcons in Atlanta to at the, at the tail end of the season. So uh, week 16 at Baltimore Ravens. No. Nope. You're not winning in Baltimore. Uh, week 17, Arizona Cardinals. This one could be interesting. This one, this one could be interesting. What yeah, are they I'm... playing for? The Falcons? I, I no, the, the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, the Cardinals. Uh, I think Cliff could be fired at this point. Um, Falcons tend to fall off. There seems to be a lot of uh, discordance in the uh, Atlanta locker room right now with Kyler Murray. This is not a good Arizona, team. but yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, yeah, not, I'm not I'm not a big fan of what the Cardinals are doing. Also, you get the Cardinals late. And uh, we've seen the trends in the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Uh, they look like a great team to start the year. And then the last third of the season – Fall off a cliff. Uh, yeah. No pun intended. No, no pun intended. No pun yeah. intended. Um, so I'm going to go with the Falcons on this one. I actually. will too. I will too. I think they've got a chance at this one um, and we'll be complaining. Damn it. What are you winning this game for, you morons? You had the number one draft pick. This moved you up to three. Um, but uh, I'm going to I'm gonna put a, a dub on this one too. Uh, and then finally, week 18, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, the only chance you've got is if Tampa Bay is already locked in their playoff seating uh, and they've got absolutely nothing to play for in the resting starters. And even then it's close because, as I said, there were two teams. There were five teams that had uh, two players on the PFF top 25 under 25. And there were two that had three players. The Buccaneers were one of those two teams that had three players, uh, Winfield, Wirfs and White. Sounds like a law firm. Um, it really does. The dub, dub, dub. The tri dubs. Um, so yes, Tampa Bay uh, finishes a season. How'd you do, Nick? Uh, four and thirteen, which is just under the Vegas uh, win total. There, you had three. So um, I had three. I was three yeah. and fourteen. Uh, three and fourteen for the for the season. Yep. Um, <laughs> says Arthur. Should you guys? Uh, Podcast materials, motivation, show the team how the non-football world views us. Uh, pretty much in the football world, dude. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's not just us, Terry. That's that's the thing is we actually gave them one more win than Vegas did. Um, we gave them one more win than ESPN does on their power rankings. So they know, I promise yeah. you, they know what the outside world thinks about you. Now, I mentioned the USA Today Wire guys. Um and their records, and again, it was, uh, I, I don't know these guys, um, Dean Worley and Matt, Matt Urban. Dean Worley had the Falcons finishing 11-6, and six, and Matt Urban had them finishing 8-9. and nine. Uh, Like I said, I think that's ambitious. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to be closer. Uh, I'm going to be closer at 3-14 and 14 than, than Dean's going to be closer at 11-6, and six, and I think that does a disservice to what I think is a good project. I really do. Um, by taking your wound now and getting rid of Matt Ryan, you set yourself up in 2023 to come back, to bounce back faster. You didn't yeah. even split that dead cap number. It's gone. 
Yep. So you're coming back. You're going to have Kyle Pitts, AJ Terrell, Drake London, hopefully. You know, nice building course. Maybe Ebiketti comes out and becomes a really good uh, edge rusher. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe. But what is for sure is you could come out of next year, next year with a, a top three pick, get your franchise quarterback. And what's definite is you're going to have about $125 million at least yeah. in salary cap money. So if the it, Terry Fontenot has done a really good job of getting adequate players for nothing off the bargain bin. I would yep. love to see him do that at $5 million a player. Go get plus players at $5 million a player and add 12 players next year. So I um, I just think that that's, uh, you know, the 11 and 6, I don't want people, I don't want, you know, Terry, be warned. Don't take this out on Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot when they go 4 and 13, when they go 3 and 14. This roster is bad. It's yeah. bad. Yeah, Don't it's... take it out on the coach, the staff, and general manager. Give them one more year at least. I want Arthur Smith to have three years no matter what this season is. Yeah. I don't disagree with you at all. And Terry, y'all saying it's all love guys. Listen, every time I get a chance, let's go Falcons. And we're both for the Falcons Terry. too, but I've said it, you know, for a year now. I think this Falcons team is, you know, it was a year away from being a year away from being a year away. And they accelerated that process to the bottom mm -hmm. by moving on from Matt Ryan, taking all the dead cap that's going to come off next year, which is what you want. There's nothing worse. Like, there's nothing worse than being in that pick range from, let's say, 8 to 16 perennially. You know, you're not picking in the draft in an area where you can get yourself a franchise quarterback. That's where the Hawks were. For you old heads, the Atlanta Hawks were a in, in the 80s when I was uh, coming of age. The Atlanta Hawks were a 50-win second round out every year. They yeah. were good, but never good enough, never bad enough. Never good enough to win it. Never bad enough to get that transcend, transcendent, transcendent Transcend, player, transcendent, yep. uh, to push him over the top. To get that next guy in the in the in the uh, in the lottery that push him over the top. Have one bad season and get Tim Duncan next and put him next to David Robinson. Yeah, hundred percent. Kyle Smith was Kyle Smith a good move? Roth, appreciate you coming in. Commanders fan here. Uh, think you guys getting Kyle Smith was a good move. We'll appreciate that. Thank you. Um, who's Kyle Smith? <laughs> I don't remember Kyle Smith. Uh, Kyle Smith for the Falcons, um, a vice president. Um, he's a uh, front office person. I think he's okay. The, there we go. I'm like, what's he play? Is he a guard that I don't remember? But thank you, Th thank you for that. I, again, I'm I'm happy with the direction of the team. People want to point to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals had back to back years of about 150 million dollars. They got a number one quarterback, and then they got a killer receiver. That was a four year process. They've started a little backwards with this, where they've got a couple really good receivers in years one and two. Years three, they'll have a ton of money and maybe get their quarterback in year four, they're competing. Yeah. Year four in this process is 2024. Yeah. Okay. We've waited 50 years. We can wait two more, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, and there's a question here before we get on out, because I know we have, you have to run here soon. Uh, Keith mm -hmm. Robbins asking, what quarterbacks fits us better in next year's draft? Um, comment here above Christos. How bad is one? Give me a, give me a, a, a time. 648. 48, 48, 48. There we go. Here we go, Keith. Um, so what quarterback fits the Falcons? I want to add the caveat here first that uh, a year ago right now, Mock drafts were saying Spencer Rattler first off the board and Sam Howell second off the board. Where are they at now? Uh, Sam, Sam Howell falls to the fifth round, which great pick. Hello to our commanders fan in here. I think in the fifth round, that's a great pick for a young quarterback with arm talent and some toughness and athleticism. Um, even if he ever, even if he flames out, that's just a good calculated risk to take down there. And Spencer Rattler's uh, transfers from Oklahoma to South Carolina, very twitchy player. Good. Can throw the off arm angles, but kind of uh, sounds like he's not the best person. <laughs> and, uh, also make some dumb decisions and also not dumb decision coming in late though. That's okay. Because we started earlier today, Ethan saying, got him late. Hey, everyone. Hey to you, Ethan. Hope you're well. Uh, appreciate you and good morning. Um, but what quarterbacks fit um, the Falcons? I really love uh, CJ Stroud, but do you want a little bit more mobility and movement Bryce skills Young. from the quarterback? That's Bryce okay. Young yep. round peg, round hole. Yep. Uh, if Arthur Smith's going to be your guy and you have the mobility, even if he isn't, yeah. Um, Bryce Young is is arm Spring talent. Air. Only yep. thing you would like to see is a little bit of a little. You'd like him to be a little bigger, but yep. I'm okay with that. He's over six feet tall, runs yep. really well, throws on the run very well. Um, Bryce Young would be my guy, and I'll watch CJ Stroud more this fall to see where he fits. But I know Bryce Young fits. 
yeah, it's you hit the nail on the head. Bryce Young, I wish he was a little bit bigger. Um, take the pounding there, but uh, is what it is. And Ethan coming in with 25 euros. God bless you at the closer. Sorry, Mr. Shows and some Falcons love. Yeah, Ethan, it's all good. Um, we appreciate you a heck of a lot. Uh, thank you for joining us on here. And what was the prediction? Scott had him going three and 14. I had him going four and 13. So uh, it's a, it's a tough schedule too. That's the thing. You didn't yeah, get it is. much of a break. Yeah. It's a tough schedule. Your, your winnable games at home. Um, <laughs> again, your commanders, you commanders are a team that you could compete with. You, yep. You're not going to be favored, but you're definitely not going to be favored on the road. Seahawks. It's a six hour flight, you know, and then some that that's, and it's after you went to LA. Yep. Um, your they home just games, stay over there. Steelers, Chargers. Yeah. You know, you're not better than those teams. Uh, that's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It, it is. So, like I said, I, I think that the 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 rebuilding process can begin in earnest following this season with a yep. big draft pick um, and a ton of money and yep. a ton of money. Um, like I said, I, I, I the 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 USA Today guys with eleven and six and eight and nine. Um, I don't want, and they will. I, I can tell this till I'm blue in the face. Falcons fans are going to be pissed when they're three and fourteen, and they're going to call. Even if they're six and ten, they're going to be calling for Arthur Smith's head, and they don't need to. This is a roster that needs work. It needs work, and now they have set themselves up where they've got the money and the draft capital to do it. And I'm excited for the building process of this team. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you're 100% right there. So just again, <laughs> quarterbacks before we get on out of here. Everybody knows Bryce Young. Everybody knows CJ Stroud. A couple other names to keep an eye on. Uh, Will Levis at Kentucky. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke at Miami is another name to keep on, keep an eye on. And somebody out here near me that uh, this is kind of a shot in the dark one, but uh, Cameron Ward transferred from, uh, I think, Houston Baptist to Washington State. And there's actually some buzz out here for him right now. It's like, oh, this guy's different like the arm talent the tools and whatnot so keep an eye out uh for the cougs this year with uh ward as a, a very exciting young quarterback with a lot of talent as well on that note um we've got to get out of here and i yeah. want to tell you what, where i'm going i'm going over to mile high huddle right now uh to help produce kim becker's new show becker's broncos bites for breakfast um it starts in five minutes so mm-hmm. want to get out of here want to thank nick for getting up early um, we will probably move this, uh, th- this show does not have a permanent home yet. It may move to Mondays, um, is something that we, we might think about doing too. So make sure you are liking, subscribing. So you get those notifications, following us on Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH at scout Kennedy, so that you can, um, you make sure when we move around, you are, you're fully aware because we, this show is so much better with you in it. So we appreciate you being here. Um, until next time, um, Nick and I will see you tomorrow morning on Broncos for breakfast, but head on over to mile high huddle. And uh, that's it. Oh, Chris is in. So let's say goodbye. Says we just traded a fifth round next year. So we don't have much draft capital. The draft capital is the big number one. Um, When you're talking about a top five pick, that's, that's what I mean. Not necessarily as many players, you'll be able to have the money to get veteran free agents at a million, 2 million to load your whole freaking roster with instead of projected starters. Uh, On that note, we got to get out of here. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.